one of the main reasons why we moved here is the political situation back in Belarus. Because this is the most ridiculous thing that is happening, still happening right now. Even right. The, the previous elections in Belarus is just, it's just like, I don't know, it's like a nightmare for people who are still living there. Mm -hmm. You cannot say a word against the government. If you say a word, you'll be sent to prison, basically. Super simple. Only be fired from your job, so basically your life will be ruined. When I was a kid, maybe seven years old, our family hosted a young woman from Belarus for the summer. It was years after the disaster at the nuclear plant in Chernobyl, a disaster with massive human and environmental health impacts that has lingered on for generations. I can still remember her stoic face the day she arrived. She was 13, thin, quiet, and scared. Her name was Natasha, and she changed my family's lives forever. Anytime we meet someone from Belarus or hear news out of Belarus, it's impossible not to think of Natasha, wonder about the life she's currently living, and to think about how wonderful it would be to see her today. Last year, I met a bright young man named Dimitri, and later, his beautiful wife, Anna. They had recently started a business and were doing really well, but Dimitri had some financial questions. He quickly shared where he was from. I could almost see my dad's heart skip and his eyes tear up. After the re-election of Lukashenko, 2020 was a really tough year in Belarus. The moment we met Dimitri, we couldn't help but ask questions about everything. He was generous enough to volunteer what's happening today in Belarus and why he chose to leave a few years ago. In those few minutes together, it was easy for me to gather that he wanted the most out of this life and that Dimitri and Anna were building something truly special. In working through financial questions with Dimitri and as a client of Anna, I've since had many conversations with these two. I requested that they share their story on I'm Pursuing Podcast, and they kindly said yes. I think this is still true, but apparently this is their first interview, so it's a real honor. Their story is one of those great American immigrant stories that make me so incredibly proud to be American. In their early 20s, Dimitri and Anna left Belarus with nothing but a dream. The details you will learn more about in our conversation. You will also understand why staying in Belarus was untenable for dreamers like these two. Upon arrival to the U.S., they worked hard at odd jobs to stay fed and keep a roof over their heads. Lying in bed at night, they would dream and imagine something bigger than their current reality. They eventually built that reality. Each of them used their own personal skills to build something truly beautiful, learning a skill and providing a valuable service to men and women not currently very common in the U.S., permanent makeup. They have thoughtfully built a three-pronged business model through client service, a product line, and an academy teaching other artists this skill. The name of their business is Mara Cosmetics Studio and Academy. Evidently, Mara means dream in their spoken language. Their business brand is on par with something you'd experience at the Ritz-Carlton, and I'm proud to say that I know them and would recommend them to anyone. America is the land of opportunity. When you hear their story, it's obvious that this is the truth. May we never forget it. Welcome to On Pursuing with Ivy Gaskin Baker. In these minutes together, we explore the stories of individual people who are pursuing something meaningful to them, putting in the effort to build a life they are proud of. I hope you find some piece of their stories inspiring in your own pursuit, insightful as you seek to connect with others around you, or intriguing as you embrace curiosity and growth in your own journey. I hope you find some light in our conversation today. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 2015. Uh, I was an exchange student uh, from Belarus originally, so I 
studied at the university and in Belarus they have a program, uh, work and travel program actually so the students who for studying at the universities they can come to the states for like for three months just to work uh, just to get experience cultural uh, exchange uh, just to see the states and so I, I decided to go I have my at that time I think it cost like a thousand dollars maybe like 1500 total to come to the states uh, yeah and I had those money so I, I, I decided yeah I'm gonna do it just just in case I mean not just in case but just to see just to see the world and other parts of the world uh, what first inspired you to want to come to the U.S.? What was it about the U.S. in particular? I don't know, just getting to know something new, just to see new things. Because yeah. I, I had to travel in Europe uh, in a couple of countries, but U.S., I was always thinking U.S. is something different for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that was kind of... And what did you exciting. do when you first got here? So uh, I, I already got a job. I already got an offer in the store in New Jersey, in Wildwood, New Jersey. Uh, so I only had like $500 in my pocket when I came here and I spent like half of it during the first week. So technically I didn't even, I haven't started the job yet, but I was almost running out of money. Uh, I mean, I, I <laughs> was motivating. Yeah, that's motivating. But <laughs> I wasn't afraid, you know, I, yeah. I, was, I was just, I don't know, I, I had a feeling that it's going to turn out great for sure. So I worked there for like two weeks I would say and then what I, were you doing uh, I was I was cleaning the store after hours okay it was just like a grocery store oh, okay. I was cleaning the before and after okay. I didn't even give it like 30 40 hours I think it was like 25 30 hours a week mm-hmm. um, how old were you at this time so I was 2015 I was actually 20 20, 20. Years okay 20 years old, yeah. uh, then I found another job back in upstate New York and that was completely different because because I had to work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day for the next two and a half months. And that was completely different. So I didn't see any New York, any United States. It was just working in somewhere in upstate New York in the woods in the hotel, actually. In the woods? In the woods. <laughs> actually, literally in the woods. Yeah, they were in nothing. In the hotel. In the hotel. Okay. Um, so yeah, but I think I still had a week to come back to New York and to see um, the city. To see the city. Okay. Yeah. But by that time, I think a couple of days I spent uh, preparing myself for the exam that I failed before uh, coming to the states. It was an exam in the university. Oh, okay. That I failed because I guess I was super excited to come to the states. I see. So I didn't pay too much attention to it. But yeah, everything turned out great, and um, yeah, I still saw a little bit of New York. But overall, the experience was just like it's it's, it's something from different planet. Really? Yeah, it was just. Um, who did you stay with? Who like let brought you in? Who was your, who were so, your people? So yeah, so so basically. I just picture this poor guy on that like at a bus stop with a bag. Like I'm, I mean, it, it was might like have this. enough money to get through the week. It was like this, yeah. Oh, it was okay. Literally like this. Okay. Uh, so I I got to know. Knocking the guy. on doors, saying, "Will you please let no, me stay?" No, no, I, I got <laughs> to know the guy. I got to know the guy from. He's from Moldova, actually. Moldova. Okay. So he he was already working in the hotel. So we got to know each other and he offered me to stay. So in the hotel they provided housing there. Ah, so we okay. lived there and we worked there at the same time. So they, they yeah, they, they offered the housing, they, they offered food and everything. So basically we're just kinda just working got nonstop. It. Uh, and yeah, and I got to know this guy. He was uh, he was he's still living in the States. He was living I think he moved to the States a couple of years before me. 
so he's still living in New York and he offered me um, a room in his apartment just to stay you know, like for a week or two weeks, whatever time I need. Uh, yeah, and he kind of helped me a lot. He was the, 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 the first person that I met and he we're kind of still keeping in touch. Mm -hmm. Is the, what is the immigrant, I mean, I'm, I've lived in the United States all my life and as has my family. And so I don't know this from personal experience, but what is it like, um, you know, landing here? Because you spoke... Russian, English? I spoke Russian and I spoke English, yeah. You, okay, English, so how yeah. was your English? What uh, you? I would say like three times worse than right now. Three times? Yeah. Um, so do you, do people tell you, oh, there's a community of people that speak Russian? Because there are a couple different countries that speak Russian, right? Yep, yeah, so there's, here's this community that speaks Russian, go connect with them and get them to help you. Is that how it is when you come to the States? Yeah, or most is it like of the time. Or like find that on your own? Oh, you can, you can just, right now you can just simply go on Facebook, there's just a huge amount of Russian-speaking uh, people in, in the communities, in, like in New York, in Charlotte, even everywhere. Yeah. And is it just we help each other out yeah, because we're yeah. in this together? That's how it, yeah, that's how it works. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people kind of recommend places. People recommend things to do uh, for the beginners, for, for those who just who just moved to the states. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. What about Americans like me? What are they like? Americans were super friendly. I was afraid of people who were um, smiling at me at the streets and asking me, "How really? are you doing?" You were afraid. Why? Because nobody does this back at home. People no one smiles in Russia. No one smiles. Or in Belarus. Yeah, in, in both. Yeah, everyone is grumpy. Everyone is just in in their own minds, in their own heads. That is a very so that stereotype is accurate. It is. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. If you would be staring at someone and somewhere in underground or somewhere like on, if you would be walking down the street. They could ask you like, "What are you staring at?" Yeah. <laughs> and you can get your ass kicked. <laughs> so if you smile at them, they're like, "What are you? Are you freak? Yeah, like, what are you so happy that's, about?" Yeah, that's 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 sounds that's, that sounds strange, but very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Okay, so then you stay, you go back to Russia, or no, you I, back I, to Belarus? I, I keep yeah. saying that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Belarus. In 2015, the first time I went back to to Belarus, and I told Anna, "Hey, I mean, that's that's. I think that's going to be an amazing opportunity." Uh, and maybe let's let's go to the states and see uh, how we how it's gonna turn out for us actually. Mm -hmm. maybe let's let's go challenge ourselves. Let's let's go the dream. And she, I think she didn't believe. I mean, she didn't take it seriously first time. But everything I guess turned out super fast. That I yeah. What did you think? <laughs> let's let let's let the lady speak for herself. What did you think when your man came back? Were you two? You were not married at the time. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've been a couple for maybe three years there. Yeah, but time. then yeah. around three years. When when he came back, good question. I think. Well, first I noticed that he gained some weight, and his chicks. He just <laughs> brought some, <laughs> some of the American Can food back. Mm -hmm. uh, Shameful. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then he said, I can't even remember the moment, exact moment when he said that, oh, I think we actually gonna go there. I think maybe even when he was there, he already was like messaging me and telling that we're probably gonna stay next time and it didn't sound real. But then I, I, I don't remember that exact moment when it was like real and super serious and short, like, yeah, we're going, you know, it just like was behind the word, you know, like, we're just going, just going, that's it, and 
we just pre- started preparing the documents and saving the money. Mm-hmm. That's it. One of the main reasons why we moved here is the political situation back in Belarus. Because okay. this is the most ridiculous thing that is happening, still happening right now. Even right. The, the previous elections in Belarus is just, it's just like, I don't know, it's like a nightmare for people who are still living there. Mm-hmm. You cannot say a word against the government. If you say a word, you'll be sent to prison, basically. Super simple. Only be fired from your job, so basically your life will be ruined. And to set, set the stage real quick. So who is in power right now? Uh, Lukashenko. Okay, and he has been in power for how long? Uh, for since the Belarus was formed for like 28, 27 years almost. 28, 27 years. So when the Soviet Union fall, so he, he became, he declared, I mean, like he declared himself like a president, but yeah. He was chosen. He was chosen at the beginning, but... So there was some election. So where there was elections, yes. The so and he was chosen, yeah. He's mm. from the very deep, uh, deep, deep village back in Belarus, and he... He's one of those guys who is working with like cows. I mean, not the cow, cows, sheep, uh, mm-hmm. agricultural, <laughs> agriculture, uh, ag- yeah. agriculture. Yeah. Okay. So he's not from the city. He he didn't have any political okay. uh, experience or anything. So how in the world did people I don't know, find he, out about pe- who he was? People just found out. People like I think like the same people supported him because okay. there's a huge amount of people who are kind of mm-hmm. working in agriculture to keep the system. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're talking about agriculture. Who? Okay, so there's. A group of people, obviously, call them political elite, that keep this going, keep this like Soviet mindset going. This, uh, what what is the government in Belarus? I think twenty years ago, twenty five or twenty eight years ago, it was different. He he wasn't like this. It wasn't like this. Just because I mean, they're definitely old school guys with the old school views, views. But he wasn't like this because when you don't have power, you're you're a decent person. Right. You're maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so he was supported. He was, as it says, everywhere. We were not born yet, I guess, back then. And as it says, all the papers they, and like TV, if you would look back back to to the year, everyone was just shocked how fresh he was, how it was new. He was really, he had a lot of ideas. He was really motivational mm-hmm. just motivational and it was something new for belarus it was just appearing as a country as a government so it was something new he he sounded like differently with motivations and everything it just never got th- got through and became uh, the truth mm-hmm. for the country but mm-hmm. at first people actually had a belief in it got it not not that he was just supported by a small part of people he was pretty supportive he was chosen it's that every five years it was just becoming different and different and different Mm -hmm. it's been 25 years or more and it's of course it's way different and the person or the government government with so much power just it's Mm -hmm. it's very different Mm -hmm. according to constitution people can be in the president post for like two terms I think this in the states it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the way it is in Belarus. Two yeah, terms? yeah, according so to constitution, but he's still in there How? because nobody cares about it. Oh, I see. Yeah, he. So for the first, I mean, for the first two terms, yeah, I think it was pretty good. But later, as everything was going on, he just kind of, I would say, started declaring himself as a president. 
more than people were protesting. A lot of people were protesting, but they falsi- falsified elections. Okay, so with they corrupt elections. Yes, okay. yes, corrupt elections. And even the previous, the very recent elections, they mm-hmm. were falsified. Mm-hmm. Even the the um, the second candidate, uh, Tikhanovska, she I think she she just recently came back from the United States. She did. Uh, yes. Yeah, so she basically she was the chosen president. But she was. She was the, the, the people believed that she was the chosen people president. Believed, yes. yes. Yeah. But yeah, they sent her. And there were protests in the streets. People were abused people by were the police. Abused. Yeah, people were abused. People were killed. People were missing. Uh, and it's still happening, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. still happening. Mm-hmm. If somebody is gonna talk, I mean, I think yeah, for sure, with a with a dictatorship, it's super easy uh, to kind of to to put fear in people, mm-hmm. especially unarmed people, mm-hmm. people who are just not gonna fight with you. So in Belarus, are there arms? Do people have arms? People, no, people do not have arms. And all the protests were peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. That, they were, that, yeah. that was the idea. Yeah, but it didn't work. They don't care. Yeah, it didn't work for the reason. Mm. Um, okay, so the reason why in 2015-16 you wanted to come to the U.S. was because of what was going on in the government. That's correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so how do you how do you prepare papers to make that happen? Is the government kind to people who want to leave? Is that something that right now they say, if you want to leave, we're not gonna welcome you back. That's pretty much it. So you're like, just see ya. go away. Yeah, see, <laughs> see. Ya. At, I think in 2016 it was it was a little bit better. I would say a little bit easier to to go back and forth. I would say. Um, so I I, I participated in the same program again, basically. Because I, I thought that was just would be the easiest way, uh, just to leave the country through school. Yeah, through, through school. university. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Anna got a tourist visa. Yeah. And you've been able to stay with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have for a while. Yeah. At first, before mm-hmm. we filed everything was. Was an asylum. Okay. So all right. So that's further down the road in your mm-hmm. story. Um, okay. So you saved up money. How much? What did you have to save to come? Mm, uh, <laughs> well, how much were flights? Uh, I don't remember how much were the flights. I think the flights were pretty cheap, like 600 I think each, 800. 800 yeah. or something. Okay. To, yeah, to both ways. But I think we got way less than $5,000. Less than $5,000? It's way better than 500 but <laughs> for the, two for of the you. first time, yeah, but I think we got like 5000 and we already got a job again, once again. Okay, Since so you are a student, you already have a job, so they cannot let you. Uh, they, they they cannot let you go without a job offer already. Here. Well, that's good. Yeah. So what were you doing when you landed on the shores of the United States? Where did you land? So we landed. What did Anna see first? Anna saw New York first. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really seems really crowded and messy and I, I hated New York when I first saw it and and I didn't like it like at all and then we st- I think we stayed in Brooklyn in a more less or more Russian area and I totally just realized I never would want to live there any like never 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 in my life because it just it was like I never left, you know. Ah, you know it's so similar or even, to Belarus. Yeah, even not the political, no, but just like the 
it's atmosphere atmosphere it feels like back in USSR just um, very old minded or like small minded it just it's, it's strange and you don't feel like you're in the US everything is in Russian you talk Russian the stores are Russian uh, in everything. Brooklyn yeah in Brighton Beach Brighton, Brighton Beach, Beach? no near you don't Brooklyn? know Brighton Beach no yeah so the Brighton Beach is a is a <laughs> American USSR yeah. So basically, they took USSR, USSR <laughs> part, they yeah. took the USSR part and put it in Brighton Beach. So they're still USSR back nineties, I don't know, eighty fives, nineties. They're still there. They didn't know. They don't speak English. Everything is in Russian. Uh, yeah, Russian stores, Russian drug stores. Everything is in Russian. And so that's where you went. No. Close like, to it. Yeah, we were close. We we just visited there. I think. Just 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 to see how. It, Oh, okay. Like so you didn't stay there. So no, where to no, next? No. Yeah, so we went to Myrtle Beach yeah. for a job offer. Dmitri had Myrtle a job. Beach. Yeah. Dmitri had a job offer and I didn't have anything. Nothing. I had to find a job. I had to find something to to do while he was working. And when when we came it was like a probably a picture from the movie because the guy who brought us on a little bus from New York to Myrtle Beach, it was 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning, he dropped us at the McDonald's and we were staying with two huge suitcases, just having nothing. Uh, well, we had food then. We stopped to get some food at McDonald's and then we had nowhere to go, we had no place to leave, just that job offer. We went to the restaurant and the restaurant wasn't open until like 4 p.m. and it was 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. so we had a whole day it was hot it's Myrtle Beach it's summer and we're with our suitcases and there is it's not a Myrtle Beach it was actually Surfside Beach Surfside Beach so it was even further away there is nothing but the highway and the beach that's it so we went to the beach with the huge suitcases <laughs> in the in pants <laughs> in in like loafers or something like that uh, just going to the beach, trying. Well, Dmitri's suitcase got broken, broken. <laughs> so so it couldn't even roll. 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 So roll. he had to. Well, like, that would be hard to roll through the sand anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know how we got to the beach. Even the one lady was driving by, and she's like, "Do you need help?" And I remember how strange I felt. Like, why she's even asking? <laughs> you know, like, do we look like we need help? <laughs> like. You know, it yes, just was yes, such a such a <laughs> such a different mindset. I was like, why why she's asking? I don't I don't need any help. I'm so we good. Just pretty walking. confident that we didn't need help. <laughs> so yeah, we got to the beach. We're good. We have nowhere to live. Yeah. We have no. <laughs> I mean, oh my the God. most important thing is we were pretty confident. Yeah, yeah if you're confident, for, sh for sure. That's amazing. We're gonna yeah. talk about that in a minute. Um, okay, so you end up at the beach. You eventually find a place to stay. Like, yeah. where do you end up staying? Uh, at the motel. At right a motel, right okay. across the restaurant that we that I that I got to work. Where you were going to be working. Yeah, okay. I so the job was at the kitchen actually. Okay. Kitchen cook. I wasn't cooking. I was helping the cook. Basically. You were helping the cook. Yeah. What does someone who helps the cook make per hour or uh, something? Seven and a half before taxes. Seven and a half before taxes. All right. An hour. Yeah. That's rough. Mm -hmm. And then you decided to you started doing what? Uh, selling emoji pillows. Selling emoji pillows. Yeah. Where were you doing that? Um, 
place called Broadway at the beach. It's like an open space mall, basically, where it gets to probably 100 degrees in a, in a good day or even more. And, you, and I would ju just sit there for 13 hours at first. It's, it was like the 13 shape, hour yeah, days. I think 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., something like that. Yeah, I think that those were the hours. And since it was outside, I think I was melting sometimes, just not realizing where I am, what I'm doing, like just uh, trying to get the language, I guess, just trying to talk a little more. Yeah, talk about that. Did you speak English? I thought I did. But when we came here, I just realized that I don't speak anything. I just know how to pass tests in English, but I don't know how to speak. I see. Which so, is different. Yeah. It was really challenging. And also, you know, what we learn at college, what we learn at, at school is more English English, like uh, Britain English. So oh. it's not American way. So some words I couldn't even understand. I still don't understand some words. I mean, some like some really, maybe some like, a, you know, millions people just like they they like what slang? Yeah. Like slang words? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, we don't need those anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> like I I mean, and so American is different from just the British English. So it was quite some experience to get to adjust to that to mm -hmm. different way of spelling words some words are different and yeah i feel like how are you learning were you watching tv no, were you watching i mean it was hard but just the most well it just all my first jobs like the as a salesperson and then as a, i was working as a barista doing smoothies and then as a waitress and then as a housekeeper and then as a waitress again and then as a like a banquet server something like that in the hotel all all of that it really it seems like it just so many people probably still well maybe not right now but try to come to the u.s to earn some money to do some money and then go back to their homes like mm -hmm. to, to their countries and it's so hard for them, I feel like, and it's so hard to leave for for that amount of money just because, I mean, it's not hard if you're like planning something, but it's probably not hard, the, the not the financial way. For us, for me personally, it was hard to even get going just because on such a job, it was, for me, it was limiting because yeah i could definitely go somewhere and talk maybe like at the store mm -hmm. or somewhere else at mm -hmm. the bar mm -hmm. i don't like to go like i just not a part of what i like to do so for me it's a good like i like to talk at work i like to be surrounded at work at the professional life and and at work the first few months or year or more most of the time we were surrounded either with Nawa, it just was like an individual work as a salesperson, or it was work uh, surrounded by mostly also like Russian speaking people who mm. came to earn some money or something like that, or they came from other countries, just immigrants. And so it's hard, to, it was even hard to pick up any English just because 
you there is nothing no one to talk to especially like your housekeeper for example who i'm gonna talk to like right i mean you can definitely find the way you can listen to american songs you can listen to podcasts but you're not talking you can listen to anything but it doesn't make you speak so it was challenging i think for me at least dimitri is more not his i'm more talkative but he's more sociable so i think he's a little easier at least he was a more easier just to go in on like in contact with people at his job so maybe they were slightly different than mine because a couple of my jobs they were just really individual so i had to spend a lot of time just by myself mm-hmm. so when it would have been nice to have almost like an office job where you just stand around and talk to people who yeah. are yeah that's actually yeah. what i had ah yeah. that's what you had so mm-hmm. we, after the myrtle beach we saved some money we bought the car and we moved to charleston so mm-hmm. we moved to charleston and we bought the car mm-hmm. um we used we had to work in the hotels and then I applied for the job in Hilton actually an embassy suites in Hilton for the front desk person front desk it was so scared because that's the first person people come in and see sure and yeah. I'm I spent three years in the states and huge here I am at, at the front desk I was so scared but after a couple of months at Hilton Hotel what street is that on do you remember uh, 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 Meeting Street. Meeting Street. It's right on Meeting Street. Street. Okay. It's right on Meeting Street. Yeah, it's it's an it's an old port from mm-hmm. the Civil War, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was the, that Hilton, yeah, I used to work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I worked there for I don't know maybe seven eight months something like that. And at the same time, I was a Lyft driver. Lyft driver. Lyft okay. Driver, yeah. Well, that's people are chatty in Lyfts. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a good place to talk yeah, to people. Was, yeah, yeah. So I I talked to people at Hilton at the hotel, and then mm-hmm. I, I had to talk with people driving. So that was that helped with picking up English. Yes, yeah, like, like a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've never had any issues with like I don't know grammar, pronunciation, maybe or something. But what they teach us back at home is just the vocabulary. Oh. You don't have you don't get a lot of practice. Like how to use it. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I knew that that's that's it was the best way just to do practice, mm-hmm. just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. What were you doing during that time, Anna? think during that time I was working either as a server in the one of the one of the best restaurants in Charleston. It's called Wheel Two Twenty Five. Mm-hmm. I was working there not as a server, as a server assistant, which kind of pushed me to learn more English, just because we even had a special speech we had to like tell to each table, and oh. so it's it's a more like a fancy fine dining restaurant, so it had its own tradition, so it. We had to talk for about something at all, so it helped, but most of the time I just, I couldn't learn for some reason. I I knew English, but I couldn't, I could speak at the grocery store, obviously, I could speak with strangers, but it's still, I wasn't confident, I was so shy to talk, I just, I couldn't, phone calls, I would never pick the like I would never answer never 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 I was so scared I was asking Dimitri to pick the phone for me because I I just wouldn't do that and I wouldn't go anywhere to to do anything where I had to speak by myself unless it's something super simple like a store or you know coffee shop something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. super easy super simple I was just 
scared to talk to people that they will not understand me that i will not un well i never was scared that they will not understand me but i no that i will not understand them i always had a good understanding but i was scared that i would you know have a long pause before speaking before answering or i would say something wrong and i i think a lot of immigrants they go through this problem they're just and that's why so many immigrants actually not only in states they they also they never learn that's why places like brighton beach in new york exist, they yeah. exist mm -hmm. because they never pick up the english or any language that they need to learn just because they prefer to stay in their comfort zone sure it's it's hard it's definitely very hard to learn and to embrace that you'll be doing mistakes making those mistakes and talking like a five-year-old like basically just not knowing the right thing and especially you know we were just 20 if that would be someone could be like our parents already oh my goodness, yeah. you know how embarrassing it is you have that like the say in social life you have the status you know like you mm -hmm. you are someone already like for example i'm a great engineer say and mm -hmm. i move here and I'm a great engineer, professional maybe, and maybe I'm very well known for something, but I can't speak right. And so it brings you back to not as the level one, it brings you from for below one, like you're at the basement. From being at the top, you're at the basement and you can't even put the words together. I think it's like it's embarrassing to any person. It's very hard to mm -hmm. go through. But if you're not willing to, I think it's, there is no point, like doing it. So you clearly had something that both of you, um, that allowed you, or did not let you stay trapped in that space where you were like, no, I'm going to learn this. And I think as, because two people have to, have to be involved to embarrass you. There has to be someone there sitting in front of you that makes you embarrassed. And so I would say, that it's, you know, it's on, so I'm the American in that story, right? So it's on me to look at you and say, you're doing a great job, like keep this up to keep you going. And so, um, because I only speak one language. And so I would argue that it's even more impressive that you would be so brave to come to the US not knowing English and put yourself in that position. So, you know, I totally, I'm just kind of flipping the script both on anybody just saying yes it is very scary and I haven't done it um, and it could be I can totally understand why it would be embarrassing it wouldn't be embarrassing to me too but um, to empower you maybe you're brave more brave than the American sitting across the table from you and inspiring so um, when you feel those moments of embarrassment like just my counsel to you, I guess. Mm -hmm. You don't need my counsel, but my counsel to you is just forget it. Like, just keep going. And, um, and my counsel to any Americans who are listening to this, like, encourage immigrants to continue to learn English. And, and you pick up, you know, you Americans out there pick up other languages. Right. Um, Absolutely. No, I think it's amazing. But you see, the age plays a huge role, actually. The younger you are, the faster you can pick yeah. up things. And even, I don't think we're going to lose accent. I don't think but so. People come here and they go through elementary school, middle school, high mm -hmm. school. They almost have no accent. Mm -hmm. just, just like, I've seen just that, like, yeah. 
So that yeah. also plays a pretty big role. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's cool. I wouldn't want to lose my accent if I had an accent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really like, I, I just want to say that really the Americans, like most people who I ever met in my life, they, they were really great people, like encouraging people. That's, that's where I feel like I, I think Dimitri's mom, when we were leaving, that's what I just remembered this second ago. She said that you would be comfortable there. She said, like, I feel like you will find yourself there. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Because I'm I'm more closed person. Like I'm I'm with myself. I'm good with myself. Uh-huh. But once we moved and once we already like settled the business, you know, like it started moving and moving forward. I I could never be the person I am right now being like living in Belarus, living in Belarus and not having the people around like Americans around me. I would never be who I am right now without Americans in my life. Like not I don't have too many American friends just as a nation, like as a country, as everything. It just opens opens you up. You become different. You're you're not shy that much because you see that people here they're open and they don't want to push you hard or make you feel bad or awful just because you moved here you know mm-hmm. they just they always say that you're great i don't like mm-hmm. they encourage you so that's it's more uplifting here mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like kind of you can do it you've got like the the nike motto yeah. right mm-hmm. or just do it <laughs> you can do it um okay so well that's beautiful and very nice for me to hear as an american um that you've had that experience um i'd imagine that there are certainly pockets of this country where it's not the case yeah. where they're like oh who are you you outsider um shame on them for those people who do that but i i'm glad to hear that i'm certainly glad to hear that you've had that experience um okay so you were in one of my favorite places in the country charleston south carolina working at the hotel and trying to do what were you like this is it this is what we're gonna do this is our life welcome to america we're gonna work at a hotel or were you like no we've got bigger dreams like what was going through your mind at that point uh that we are still at the point of i guess figuring out things basically figuring out what to do of course we we, we how old were you at this time 22 uh, was it like 2018 maybe it was 2018 yes it was 2018 so we're like 20 Three? Yeah. 22, 23? Uh, okay. Yeah. Young. Yeah. Okay. So we were still trying to figure out what we're going to do. Definitely not going to stay in the hotel. Okay. Or in the, where is it? Grilled 25 restaurant. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we, Anna decided to, uh, Anna decided to, no? Mm-hmm. No, the first thing was that it we just traveled was to right Chicago. Now, right now, it was just, it's just too many places we worked. <laughs> where too many places we lived. I, I think it was like over 15 places where we lived in the States. Yeah. Like 10 jobs or something at like that. beach. Overall. Like either in Charleston or Surfside. Everywhere, or yeah. Myrtle Beach. Everywhere. Myrtle, Be- Myrtle Beach, Surfside Beach, Charleston, Charlotte. Yeah. Somerville. Somerville, like a no, a Somerville lot, South lot Carolina places, as well. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of different apartments, different like places, neighborhoods, and. I think the first measure thought was 
when we traveled for our wedding anniversary, we traveled to Oh wait, Chicago. when did you get married in this? <laughs> yeah, when we just moved to Charleston, we got married. Um, Basically, we filed the asylum okay. thing. We, yeah, we so got what does that mean? So basically, we asked for the um, for the asylum in, in here in the states because because you said it's too dangerous for me to go back to go back to, to Belarus, Belarus because we have allow us to stay Belarus. here. Yeah. The U.S. government says okay, you can stay here under these terms. Under these terms, yeah, but we still are waiting for the interview, just basically to tell our story to the officer. I see. Okay. Back in it was supposed to happen in 2020, but due to the COVID, COVID yeah. yeah, everything happened, but still hoping for the best thing just to tell them what actually happened. Yeah. Do you have to have an attorney, uh, uh, an immigration attorney for all this? Yes, yes, we do. Have yeah, an that helps. Yeah. Is that required? No. No, no but you do have somebody yes. that you work with mm -hmm. and you recommend it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Jury's <laughs> out. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so in that time, you're meeting with your, you file for political asylum and you decide to get married. We yeah. decided to get, so we, we got married. We got married. We got married, and then we filed the case. It was just like common as a fact. <laughs> just we are getting married, and no, basically we. Did you go just go to a courthouse? How did that work? Yes. Did yes, you actually we have a wedding? Did you invite people? Did you wear a white dress? We didn't have friends. You didn't have friends. <laughs> we didn't have friends. <laughs> yeah, I had a cream dress, just like Amara, signature color, not the white one. We got married at the. This is called Waterfront Park. Oh yeah. In, in Charleston? The, yeah, in Mount Pleasant. Pleasant. Mm -hmm. Right across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Or no, or it's not how it's called. Well, it's right across the bridge. It's so beautiful the, there. That's, what, what is it called? Ar Arthur Ravenel's mm -hmm. Bridge? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, there is a bridge <laughs> there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We asked for a day off to, got to get married from the housekeeping. And housekeeping got us the only day off for just two of us because they couldn't give us Dimitri and me both, they couldn't give us one day like for so long, so they gave us that day on October 31st, which turns out to be a Halloween. <laughs> so your wedding anniversary is Halloween. Yeah, so well, that's fine. We, we didn't know that unless, uh, well, until we were, I think, Ubering back to the apartment where we were living and people started asking if we were wearing costumes um so yeah we got married and we took the colleague basically well the colleague other housekeeper who was russian speaking she was walking down to the apartment where we were living together she was walking down and just like hanging some juice she was just walking you know and we were like well, just come on in on our car. You're just gonna take a pictures of our wedding really quickly. So she came with us. She was taking some pictures for us, and it was just me and Dimitri. And then we got to McDonald's, and then we got to a gr Charleston's Grill, Charleston Grill Charleston. restaurant, yeah, which was nice. But I don't know, McDonald's is not. Yeah, we, we just made it. Just made it two of us. First of all, we didn't have a budget. We didn't have any friends who can we can invite. So we, we just decided to make it just two of us. I have a question. Um, it sounds like you two had what feels like nothing today. Like when you look at your life today and you look back, you're like, we were dirt poor. We had nothing. How? What is it like 
like finding moments of joy during that time. I think I want to interrupt right away just because I never considered myself poor in my life ever. Good, ever, okay. Ever, ever, like never. It just never happened. Not that I'm saying it like right now to appear like, I don't know, that's mm-hmm. cool. It mm-hmm. just, I was telling this to Dimitri a couple of times already, like if you can have millions of dollars in your pocket and you can you can you can can be poor not maybe not mentally or something you could you just you it will be never enough for you and not only that not that's only never enough you just all i don't know how you would feel just because i never felt it but i just never considered myself poor i never called myself poor in front of other people even though i remember even back home with my family sometimes i just didn't have anything to like even you know a dollar say to bring to school or maybe like you know like just never had like a good amount of money we were not poor never but just i never considered myself poor Mm -hmm. and back then in charleston too never never like Mm -hmm. everything that we were doing seemed so right right and fine we never considered eating at mcdonald's but like that it's for poor people you know Mm. like or something like it just i think it was the president of the united states donald trump used to eat at mcdonald's all the time so it's like i I don't know not just for poor people see what's interesting fact here in mcdonald's uh, in comparison to back in belarus belarus mcdonald's is considered as a restaurant actually restaurant (laughs) people have dates there Right. Very interesting. I'm sure people have dates there too. Yeah, that, yeah. No, but what you said is very important. It's very important. And thank you for correcting me. Um, it, you had a state of mind. It's It was a state of mind where mm-hmm. it's like poor is mental. I can have, because I'm telling you, I work with multi, multi millionaire clients who it's never enough. And and you look at them and you're like, how can you, or, or it's like they're not happy. And it's just like they're not, but I think I think where two is we live in a society today where everything you can compare yourself to anybody, and it's easy to sit on your phone and look at people beyond your here and now and be like, oh look at all that they have, look at this world beyond me, and I'm here folding blankets and making beds and what doing whatever mm-hmm. you know, selling emoji pillows, mm-hmm. and you can it's easy to compare I guess, yeah, and so it's easy to feel small. It's yeah. easy to feel like I have nothing, but though it's, that's extremely important, Anna, what you just said, that you never felt that. I mean, you you felt like I'm here, I'm doing the right things, like I have what I need, yeah. which is the answer to my, I mean, it's ultimately the answer to my question. And I, I think my question was simply in moments where you just feel like, what is it all for? What am I doing? Am I ever, you know, where am I going? Like, how do you... What were moments of joy for you in that? And and I think what's important is that you had each other. I think that's like... Yeah, that's a huge plus. It's, it's always good to have each other, for sure. But I think, I mean, I personally thought that, yeah, we're doing the right thing. We're just doing the right thing. I don't know. That's, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And the feeling that it's going to turn out great. Better than it is right now. Better than yesterday, basically. Every day is going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very important. Just just the feeling. Okay, so you you knew that the hotel was not forever. Right. Then you got married, filed for political asylum, then what next? We went went to to Chicago. Chicago for anniversary. We loved the city. And 
I started because I worked as a secretary back at home in Belarus. I was working as a secretary, and I started when we were back at Char back Charleston, back home. I started looking up some secretary jobs and what I need to get uh, like a degree for it because I already had it, but how would I transition it? I still would need to go back to either the college or university, like I still had to get more education. And I started looking up how much I would make if I would work as a secretary in Chicago, how, like what kind of education I need, how much for that education, what are my, well, yeah, that pretty much was a limit. Like how much would I be making as I, as if I work as a secretary in, because there could be a legal secretary or you're just a secretary, so a lot of a lot of different things. And I think I think it like burned the fire inside. I was like, well, I think I want to do that. I think I want to do that. I don't. I, I can't sell pillows anymore. I can't sell toys. I can't go back to the restaurant. I just I can't be there. I it just it's not for me. And starting from there, I just. I think we were just looking for something, but then something would happen and I just, like, we would forget, you know, you constantly forget why you're doing it, so that's actually coming back to that question about the joy, sometimes you just, you can't remember the things, you just wake up and you can't find the motivation, you just, like, you, you go to work, you go to do that, you go to do that, and you lose the final idea, or maybe it's currently off-centered for you. You just have to get through the here and now. You have to pay yeah. your bills. Yeah. You have to survive. You have to, you know. Something. So it's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to see beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I remember one day I was just selling the toys, the kids' toys again in the mall, and I was just scrolling through the Instagram, and I just was looking at something in Chicago, and I found the lady, the girl from also she's from Ukraine, and she moved to the US and she was teaching microblading, permanent makeup. I was like, huh, that's like doing brows, you know? I tried doing brows when I was home, like I tried to do that on mom and my friends and I had permanent makeup myself, not the best permanent makeup, but still I had it. So it kind of put me in a situation where I felt like I'm familiar to it just because I had it and just because I've done my friend's brows once with the makeup. I thought that I'm familiar with it and it relates to me, you mm -hmm. know? So I started talking to Dimitri, like, I want to do brows. We just have to fly to Chicago. It's like around $2,000 for two days. We just have to do this. Let's do this. I, well, I'll be doing this. You'll go with me uh, for the support because <laughs> it's going to be hard. And Dimitri never well no he says no to me but <laughs> that time he never said no like maybe he questioned me just like questioned you know he always questioned questions that not from the bad side but it's now that i understand that but it's the experience but he he probably tries to close the that the idea that idea for himself what means close is to like he he wants answers so then he understands what it like what it even means what mm -hmm. what do I want how do I envision it do I envision it or I just like say oh I want this right now and that's it so I think he was asking some questions and after all 
he just said yeah let's let's just do that and you know we were saving money all that time we were working on just saving keeping it in our pockets basically like all the cash so i think i had some money that we saved well we probably took from both of us what we had and booked the tickets booked everything and got there i remember i called mom you know how parents are they they always believe in you but sometimes they just not that they not believe in you they're just like they're they're not sure what that is how it's gonna turn out it's just not in their vision you know mm-hmm. it's like especially it's it's common in movies and everywhere like someone your parents would envision you to become a attorney or a lawyer and you just become a youtuber <laughs> but you're happy maybe you're making more you know but yeah they, they can't fathom they can't understand because they right. don't know yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and maybe they already had some view idea, for you yeah. idea what you're gonna do so when i told them that i'm gonna learn how to blade the eyebrows <laughs> my mom and dad they were like well how much is it i'm like well it's like two thousand and my mom was like, are you sure? Are you sure? It's so much. Maybe maybe you don't need. Maybe you maybe maybe you just can save up and do go to college. She still sometimes well, right now I think she stopped, but even two years ago they would call us like on the weekends or and they would say, Well, Dimitri, well, Anna, you just well maybe you will go to college until it's like not too late. Maybe you would go to university really quickly, you know. <laughs> Yeah, just for four years. Just stop, stop running yeah. your business and just right. go to school because that's oh man, but, yeah. not necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, they were not really positive on what's going on, but we got through the course. I got through the course. Dimitri got through through it mentally with me. He was staying in the hotel. Okay, so you didn't take the course too. I didn't take the course. No, okay. no. Yeah. I, I I took the course later, but not this month. Okay. It's going to be a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. take this course in Chicago. I, yes. It was pretty, like, it was even to get to the course, to the instructor was challenging because it turns out it's not in Chicago, but in some really, like, far, far, far subur- suburbs, mm-hmm. like an hour from Chicago. Mm-hmm. But good thing she, she was also an immigrant, so she picked me up, but uh, come, like, at the common area, and then we kind of got through the course. The course was... Um, I, th- I think the course wasn't the course well at that time it was everything I could imagine and everything that I could even hope and it just it gave me the most incredible thing the idea nothing else was needed I could even like I mean I could probably at that moment I could cut someone's face and be happy about it you know just it just gave me the idea that I now I can do something you know I can be on myself and I can do something and I just I finally had the idea that now I'm doing it you know I'm not coming back to the restaurant where someone the guy was the boss of the restaurant was screaming at me and telling that my arms are short and I remember that so so well he was a like a child of immigrants which was like he was mean he would hire immigrants and he would just be really mean to people like he would say rough things so i was like no i'm not coming to any restaurants anymore I'm, I'm i'm doing this right now i will be doing that microblading no matter what there were people already scheduled yeah before the, before, course, before the course i signed up people <laughs> to become my clients not already the models but i signed them up as my clients 
just because I, I went to Russian Facebook groups and I just would say that I'm starting this procedure. I'm, I'll be doing that and that and that. And all those states, North Carolina, South Carolina, they never had any permanent makeup artist there, like a Russian speaking one. So it got into the hot spot. And I was, right after I came back, I already had people who would be coming in and I would be where were Working you doing them this? At, at home? home? Mm -hmm. At home? Yeah, from home. Where did you get the equipment while you were in Chicago, or did you order it and get it when you got home? From Amazon. Everything. Okay. Well, most of the things were Amazon or some other like sources. Um, it wasn't too hard for microblading. Not that much was needed. Well, at that time for me, it was a lot. Right now, I understand it's really not a lot, but for everyone who's just starting out, any investment is. Is oh, it feels investment. like a lot, yeah. 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 So, no, but right away I started practicing, and that's what kept me going. And after realizing, because I started <laughs> right after I finished, I started. That's what I teach students to right now. But it, I started charging three hundred dollars for a procedure and a hundred dollars touch up, which is like a pretty good price. And for somebody doing it brand new out of yeah, the home, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I was confident. And people were happy, clients were happy, all those ladies, they're still, some of them still would message me on Facebook and say, oh, I'm still, I still have those brows, I'm so happy, you know, when are you coming back to Charleston? I'm like, I'm not coming back, maybe one day we'll open the studio there, but, you know, I thank you for the kind words, they're still happy. So, after I started bringing the cash home, I think Dimitri maybe got a little more believe in this sure. idea you know and i start started begging him to move to somewhere else chicago charlotte to do permanent makeup because in south carolina to do that already legally to start uh, you know evolving and doing something i would need to go under medical like a doctor's license basically physician's license and not that I didn't want to do that. It's not, it's that I had a really strong belief. Maybe it's a bad belief, but that no one would want to take me. Because I'm an immigrant, my English is not great. Like, it's you, not great you at all. You assumed a medical office, like a plastic surgery officer, yeah. the they, dermatologist would yeah. want to hire you. Yeah. Okay. Why, why would they? I don't have any English. I don't have that much experience. You know, like, doesn't seem like a good... Candidate. Yeah, that was you got in your head. That probably wouldn't have been true. Well, but, maybe. But yeah. this yeah. business would not exist if yeah. you hadn't thought that way. So there you go. I had a. I knew one lady there in Charleston. She was doing permanent makeup under medical license. She was Russian speaking, and she, when I called her for help, she was like, "Well, it's so complicated, so complicated." She just, like, she instead of lifting all that weight, she just put more on me, and I was like, "Well, I." I obviously can't do that here in Charleston, yeah. so yeah. Uh, we have to move. Yeah, and no one really kept us there, so we moved mm. <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what going. what brought you to Charlotte? What made you think of Charlotte? So Charlotte was first of all was close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Way closer than Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, and was fast growing even at that time. I think. The it's we, been we fast growing. Fast yeah, growing. we moved here in '94. It's been oh yeah, so it's, it's been blowing up so ever since, and it's still growing. Oh my gosh, right. yes. So we moved to Charlotte. We rented a small cabinet, small space. So and it was in month, and there was another lady doing nails in the second place. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I think everything was pretty good. We re- re- renovated it somehow. <laughs> Just a little bit. Put curtains, like a light purple cu- curtains, light purple walls. And the previous lady in the room had those cheesy, like eyelashes, like a sticker on the wall, like a big eye with eyelashes and the brows. Like it, it's just like so, you know. DIY. DIY. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the whole room was DIY, but I mean, it wasn't. It was hard because Dimitri had to find a job. Um, then. I had the room, well I had the room so that I already was happy, but I didn't have any clients. I didn't have any friends either, so with Dimitri we didn't have anyone, as usual, per each move-in, so I just started posting on Russian Charlotte Facebook groups, uh-huh. and people started reaching out. Along the way, Instagram was a thing, but not as of right now. They started posting more and more and more and more, and Russian clients would come in. It was like very tough times, but very I'm very appreciative for those times as they built the artists. I mean, well, actually, before that, before all the moving, I went through other trainings. I flew to DC um, to get more training, so I was already doing lips and powder brows. So I took two or three trainings and first two months after I already after I just started even mm-hmm. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Not just one class. So but still the Russian speaking clientele just built the artist in me, built the person just because at some points they were really tough. Like I wasn't ready as a young person probably it's just not enough of the like a life experience, you know? Mm-hmm. It was tough. There were a couple clients that were making me cry at home like I was coming home and crying not only because as I thought that I made something ugly and it stays permanently forever and that is bad but also just because clients would just like it was only a few people but they would just they would screw me basically they would just like they would be they would be mean they would be calling texting night morning every day every 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 hour saying how like worthless you are just yeah it happened to these are fellow immigrants fellow russian immigrants yeah. mm-hmm. I, so yeah, not I always people support you <laughs> <laughs> not always people aren't always nice yeah i mean i wonder if they think because you're one of their own that they can be like that to mm-hmm. you um I mean, I could see that. I yeah. could see that. Like, you know, Russians, maybe they're trying, I mean, you're from Belarus, but you have, I mean, yeah. they, you have a reputation and they're like, you need to be, is it like, you need to be better kind of thing? Or like, we expect more out of you? Or Probably. Yeah. Ex- expectations, reality, you know, and some people are just never will be pleased. That's, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They're never pleased. No matter what you do, no matter how bad you try, no matter how free you're gonna get those procedures for them they're still not gonna be pleased there is always something to be unhappy about mm-hmm. yeah i would say it, i mean i started my career with a bank working with multimillionaires when i was 22 years old which is a very daunting place to be in a different way it's very daunting because it's like what do i know i don't know anything i'm 22 i have no life experience um 
and you have some really nasty clients. And it's, I think those life lessons are actually the best life lessons because they make you better. And so I would imagine, I would argue that those are very important. And you said that, mm -hmm. you said yeah. you're very grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those, those experiences are very, very important because if you can get through those, you can get through yeah. anything, right? You can mm -hmm. get through the good days. Easy. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you were in a small studio. You. I was working at the plant, at the manufacturing. <laughs> the plant. What is the plant? The plant is the. Uh, what is it called? Not the plant. Yeah, it's called Schaffler. The company is called Schaffler. Factory. It's a German factory. It's a factory. Okay, German yeah. factory. Okay. So I was a press. Were there a lot of immigrants that worked there? Mm. This is a German company or no? Actually, yeah, there were a couple of Germans, a couple of the Ukrainians as well, okay. a couple of Russian-speaking people, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I had to work there for like six and six or seven months. And at the same time, I was I was doing my best to help in as well for some. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't work with clients, but I was just kind of, I don't know, maybe some supporting. Supporting, yeah, mm -hmm. most of the time. And at some point, I just realized that she is she's taking clients herself. She's communicating with them back and forth from the very beginning until the very end. She's taking the payments from the clients. Uh, she's doing the bookings, <laughs> and cleaning, cleaning, and it's toilet. and it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that that was annoying. Once again, she's stuck. See, yeah. she's stuck, basically. I mean, not basically, but realistically. I wasn't stuck. That's what I thought. No, yeah, maybe you thought, but I started doing trainings. Yeah, you started. Yeah, you started yeah. doing trainings. But once again, the the thing is that just by yourself, you cannot go super far. Mm -hmm. that, was the, that, that, that was the thing. So There were things holding her back. She wasn't stuck. There were things holding her back and you right, wanted her right. to, to let her fly. Right, yeah. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to take some so, and I offered to, to do it together with basically I... What? No. That's not the right story. <laughs> <laughs> Just because at first you wanted to do scalp micropigmentation and you didn't and do... Then, so I, I offered you to do it together and then I took the course in scalp micropigmentation. You took course in scalp micropigmentation and you were still working at the factory, no? Mm, yes. Yes, and you quit only like a half year later to do the emails with me and all the backward because you realize that you're not made for clients and you'll be helping me with all the business because we started growing really fast. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I do think that's true. We were at the Poppy Hills Lane <laughs> in the bed and I was scrolling through through the Instagram, I think through Anna's Instagram, and I saw that thing scalp micropigmentation. Uh -huh. And I said, okay, maybe I'm gonna go and learn this thing. Actually, it was the guy here in Henderson, Hendersonville, South Carolina, no, North Carolina, about three uh -huh. hours. So I took a three-day course with him, the scalp micropigmentation. Basically, it's replicating hair follicles for the people for losing, losing hair. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's for the statistics, that's, that's, that's huge. It's a huge amount of people, like all over the world. Mm -hmm. So I took the course, and I, for me, for myself, I realized that I, I took a couple of clients. I don't remember how many, maybe two, maybe three. But... I realized that it's, I just, I don't feel comfortable doing this mm. for some reason, right? You don't want to be an artist. I don't want to be an artist. I don't have You've an artist. You've done some leaps also. Yeah, yeah, actually, Anna was trying to teach me. I asked Anna if she, if she can teach me doing leaps. <laughs> and once again, it was it was even before, was it before scalp? Mm. It was after the scalp. So 
So she was trying. I feel like the scalp would be much more forgiving than lips. That's true. Yeah, but Anna was trying to teach me how to do lips, and and you were like, no, babe, no, not for me. Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so at some point, we'll let the record be (laughs) unclear as to how it all went down. Uh, But at some point, you leave working at the plant because you want to support Anna's idea. Right. And then what? And then we decided to open the studio. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> was it this space or was there another space before No, it one? was another space. But before that, it was called also really cheesy. It was called Anna Bohan Permanent Makeup Studio. No one would ever, ever, ever remember this. But, well, some clients, well, a lot of clients still coming back, like, from that name. But probably when they type the name, they get to our studio site but yeah when we decided to open the studio we needed a name for our company and Mitri well we were both thinking and Mitri came up with the idea calling it Mara Mara that means dream in Belarusian language uh that's the that's the thing that we came here for so let's let's do it Mara so that's that's how it became Mara Cosmetics Tattoo Studio and Academy came from that time. Back in Belarus, is is that something that people talk about, like the American dream, or is the Belarusian dream? Like, is there a is there a dream of building something in Belarus? Mm. Do people have dreams to build businesses? I don't think so. I mean, maybe a small percentage, maybe they do have, but people just hear this thing like American dream all the time, from the childhood, even right now. Um, but I don't think a lot of people have the, the idea of building business in, in, in Belarus. In, in Belarus yeah. And why is that? Because I believe people are I believe people are upset, maybe because of the actually what's happening right now. It's, it's very tough. The reality in Belarus and the the conditions uh, just to build a business is. It's very tough. You know, they they're not gonna support you. They're gonna make you pay more money to the government in comparison to to, to the United States. Where so almost like tax. Right. Where you have everything. Basically, you have everything. Every support from the government just to do your thing, just to do business. Hmm. Hmm. It's just, I would say, much easier uh, to do something in America mm-hmm. in comparison to Belarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so it was whose idea was it to? Because I I see your business having like three components. And correct me if I'm wrong. You have the studio where I went and had my eyebrows done, and they look fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the academy, mm-hmm. and then you have your product line, right? Mm-hmm. And so whose idea was that to what we call in the investment business diversify your your company? I would say, so Anna was always wanting to teach. I think she had the passion to teaching and to sharing knowledge and just to sharing her ideas. So teaching for her is is just a passion. Mm-hmm. It's a passion. And the studio, at, at some point when we, when Anna had too many clients and I was sitting up front, just waiting clients and doing bookings and, and just all the, you know, all the things that Anna doesn't need to do and she just needs to focus on her craft so 
at some point the list of the of the waiting list of the clients who are supposed to get the procedure done was so huge so we decided that we need I guess we need more people and so you trained those people that you eventually hired right yeah those people yeah they applied for the for the courses mm -hmm. they got trained and we decided to hire them uh, yeah, that's and regarding the products I was sitting in my small room and I could in the United States there is only one pig like huge pigment brand pretty much one that was used in general and it just was just one imagine just one pigment line it's like using one cosmetic brand for your face forever in your life like you can only use one imagine like only the lipstick from Neutrogena lipstick yeah. yeah and that's it and nothing else like that's insane yeah I, I know and that's how that's how it how it is still except well except we have well it's growing now but they had only one measure like a pigment line and for lips for me it was always about mixing it I could never find those right shades they would look chalky they would look just strange or I wouldn't just I would need to mix a little from that brand a little from this brand and still like it just was so complicated but also not enough and I felt like well I'm gonna mix my colors I bought clear bottles for myself like just clear ink bottles and I just created my ink like you know just funny right now I just created my color in inside of the bottle for myself to use it just the color that I would basically count by drops just to see like that I like the shade you know it's the shade that I was going for the formula wasn't perfect, like the chemical structure, it wasn't mine or, you know, it just something mixed of something, but the shade. Then I was just going for the shade. I just wanted different colors from everything that I could get myself. Mm -hmm. So it set the idea and once I started just like taking pictures, so oh, these are my colors, I'm using those. Other artists started picking it up, like I want those colors, I want those colors, and I want those colors, and I want those colors. I was like, Dmitri, everyone wants my lip color. <laughs> and I don't have any lip colors technically. Those are just like some mixtures, you know. Of someone else, of these yeah. regular that everybody else uses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Those are just like unique combinations, but it's it's not what like what I'm going for. And we just started working towards that direction once we realized that there is a huge demand, even though I wasn't Tamara, everyone uh, knows now. Like I, it wasn't even Mara back then. It was still like Anna Bochum from Ink Makeup Studio, but people still were interested and ready to purchase and get and use them. And it just set the idea that if we do that right, if we would work on our formulas, if we would do everything that I use on a daily basis, but much, much, much better we could get that to the right point. Mm -hmm. So we had to find the manufacturer who's gonna do it for us, basically. And we contacted, I don't know how many manufacturers, I don't know how many manufacturers we contacted, but they all said that they're not gonna do it for us, basically. Because hmm. you're too small or I what? I guess, yeah, I guess. And maybe they didn't want to put any new people on the market, maybe. Huh. Because this market is already established here. It's been for like 50 years, I don't know. 40 years, 30 years, and the huge, the biggest manufacturers, they just, I, I felt like they didn't want us uh, to be on the market. Hmm. They, I think th what they offered is just to 
to be just under their name. But the idea was never to be under someone's name. The idea was to build a brand, Mara, that's going to be known worldwide everywhere. It's already known worldwide. People people know it. Yeah, we have a lot of customers from all over everywhere. the world. Europe, Australia, Russia, everywhere. Yeah. Like everywhere. And yeah, and currently we are working on the distribution program that just to to distribute it all over the world. First of all, we need to meet some uh, some requirements mm-hmm. in, in certain 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 parts. It's easy in certain parts, in other parts it's a little bit more difficult. But uh, but like uh, government regulations, yes, like on correct. what the product is made of. That's okay. Correct, yeah. But we will get there for sure. Is the is the U.S. pretty strict? No, you, no? actually, U.S. is not strict at all. FDA doesn't <laughs> regulate meat production here. Which is maybe good, maybe bad. I'm not sure. It, it should have some maybe regulations. <coughs> I feel yeah. like it has some. It's it has better some than in Russia. It's not strict in Russia. Yeah, in Russia, back in Russia, they don't care about anything. Basically. So toxic chemicals in your body, they're like whatever. Yeah. And we'll, as long as you're beautiful. And corruption. <laughs> Oh, so that's crazy. That's a crazy thing to navigate. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not easy, but I mean, up like that to me, that piece seems like it would have been the hardest piece because you are an artist. You know, okay, you teach me how to do a skill. You give me the products to use. I understand the face. I can do this, and then I can teach other people. But the idea of like making, manufacturing something, making something, distributing something, that to me seems like a big task. So, so that's crazy. It is crazy at some point, but, but uh, you're doing it. yes, we are. <laughs> is it just lip color, lips, brows, everything? Yeah, brows are about to be launched soon. The lips were the ultimate. It was the first one. Everyone knew at fir- at first. Everyone knew Mara for lips, 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 lips. Everyone wanted those lip colors. Then it started growing. Then I realized that they can create my signature work to the to that level that I want it to be without the machine that I envisioned. So permanent makeup machine that would not create any trauma, that would be really gentle and also would shorten the time of the procedure. So we started working on the machine, the solo machine for permanent makeup. Then after that had huge success, we're sold out now. Everyone's like begging to <laughs> to put it out and we're working on it. And now we're also working on brow pigments. We've been working for almost a year now. They're about to be launched soon. And yeah, the needles, basically everything. The goal is to have everything for permanent makeup for the easy use that artists understand every single detail. and. We have Mara Pro artists that are all over the states right now, currently the states, and they, some, well, it's common that they're also students, former students, and they all say that the colors are so different, that everything is so different, but also the way we all like teach how to use it, the simplicity of use them, like they never go back to anything else just because it's like, it all makes sense. This brand, it's not, it's not focused when I just started. Um, my instructor gave me, she, she told me, you need these three colors, nothing else, just three colors. She never explained why, you know, what's the purpose, how to use it. And when I went on the website to order them, those inks, inks, they had more than, they probably still do, they probably have more now. 
about 50 brow shades, five zero, fifty. That's a lot. And I would be looking at all of them and just not knowing what I even need. Because so, so many of them are so similar, like which one I should get. It's, it's not the pencil, it should be getting inside of the skin, so what should I get? And they don't say exactly how you should be applying it, and it's so much, so it comes to your mind with time that the point is just in selling more, like you'll be trying them all out, you'll mm -hmm. be getting more and mm -hmm. more, maybe during the process you'll find the favorites, but the purpose is just bring them all out so then you keep keep purchasing you know a lot of different colors and in most case scenarios there are no artists behind the scenes so they just could be creating all those colors not based of anything like they don't have any idea how exactly it should work in the skin just because they're not artists they're chemists only mm. so I always felt like it's so hard and it's so pushing to just get tons of colors different collections just because it would have someone's name on it just some other like popular artist a lot of different 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 and it's already creates a 500 color collection and it doesn't make your color choice easier mm, by the no. time like it's so many you should have the simple system the simple system that would give you the adjustment that you could create so we created 10 colors and they work for any point like any spot in the world any country so any clientele it could be the asian it could be any america like any any part of america just because of any like russia anywhere because all the colors work for all the skin tones and textures and types and the colors are more pure so you can mix them between each other and you would create something different just mm. unique for every single client and when we explain it all the time it just gets so simple we don't push the unnecessary colors we just create what's needed only what belongs there mm -hmm. and what can be actually used so that was the point and if we create new products they're most likely either just better like we just found a new formula that is even more outstanding like for a machine for example we could work on the better details better things just because also with budget you get more and more and more and more and you could offer to your audience you could offer more and better and educate them as well but for pigments it just like i think it's it's life-changing like the way they turn out mm -hmm. no i think it's amazing um totally different question so you mentioned that both of your parents were like, why don't you go to college? Um, something that we in my business often get involved with is meeting with parents and talking to them about their kids and what their kids should be doing. If their kids should be going to college, if they should you know, go to a trade school to learn a skill or something like that. And in the US, the current environment is college is the answer. Kids need to go to college, need to get a college education and it's really expensive. It's extremely expensive to go to college, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know that the infrastructure, the environment in college is really doing the best job preparing people for life and for work. And the two of you came to the United States with a dream, and you didn't know how to do this. Did you either of you get business degrees when you were, did you have any degree, like, in no, 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 <laughs> no, definitely not business degrees. But I think when you started, when you 
start doing something, uh, of course you realize for yourself that you need to learn yourself. And, and how you're gonna learn if you're running a business, let's say you're doing something prof like if you're a professional specialist or if you're running a business, whatever, how you don't have time, you don't have time to learn. You don't have time to go to university, that's what I mean. Not to learn, but to go to university. But everything is in, in the free access online, basically. Mm -hmm. You can get whatever you want online. Yeah, so my, I guess my question is, did you ever at any point when meeting with manufacturers, with meeting with clients, when meeting with p other professionals out in the marketplace, did you ever feel like, wow, I did something wrong, like I should have gone to college or something like that? Or did you think, I've had all the training necessary to do what I'm doing? And I, like, I guess what is your advice for a young person that's, you I know, 18 and trying to make a decision on what to do with life? I think that comes to the self-confidence maybe. Mm -hmm. Like a huge self-confidence. If you're, if you have enough self-confidence, you, you put the goals, you put big goals, you know? If you don't have enough self-confidence, then you're gonna think, oh, just like kind of said, or like some people say, oh, I'm poor, I'm poor, you'll be poor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you have, a, if you have, a, if you're self-confident enough, you're gonna put, you're gonna set big goals and basically nothing gonna stop you because you'll be sure that you're doing the right thing. Right. I think that's pretty simple. So what's important is an idea and self-confidence. Right. Yeah, no hard work is gonna make a, like a, maybe a business owner out of you mm -hmm. because Dmitry always was telling me, I, <laughs> I gifted him a couple of business courses <laughs> and in the past and he, a couple of times he told me that in most of those universities, Stanford, Duke, Harvard, the um, teachers, they're theoretics very common like they they don't have their own business so they're i mean they can definitely open your eyes on many things they know a lot but they are also theoretics so they're not practitioners we, yeah mm -hmm. and you're a practitioner so once you know a little more of that theory it definitely will be helping you out but it's just the point is that maybe they learned in harvard but they still don't have the like the business they just they teach the business so I feel like as long as you maybe have the idea of what you do in the of what you want to do in the future when you're 18, you no matter if you don't go to a major university or if you go to it just like you you'll get there. But if it's unclear, you can go to university or to college and maybe it will help you to set some goals like during the process. Mm -hmm. There is I don't think there is a one clear answer probably just you just go throughout the way and you just realize that maybe yeah maybe i need it maybe not it's it's always good experience learning is always great great but depends if you have also financial mm -hmm. support for it mm -hmm. yeah because it sounds i mean you took classes did you ever take you took classes to learn how to do what you're doing mm -hmm. did you ever take classes to learn how to Set up a business. Of course. So how to, yes. Yeah. So you, you took yeah. some classes. Because okay. basically, online. Online. Okay. Yeah. In Is person. In person too. In person. Yeah. Some of them in person, of course. Yeah. But the the, the idea is that let's say you're a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. How the doctor can run a business? Mm -hmm. I think it's impossible. True. Because many of them do, though. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 <laughs> not the right thing. 
That's what I think. Because the doctor, the goal is just to learn how to, I don't know, how to do operations, how to treat people, how <laughs> to learn new, I don't know, maybe do some scientific things. Research, or yeah. Research, yeah. But running a business is completely different. It's just, just a completely different profession, I would say. Yeah. So you, d- the two of you are together visionaries for what you want this to be. I would, I would argue, right? You both are visionaries together. You make the decisions together. You're more the business side. You are more the skills, the artist, all of that. And together, married together, it works. It works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it like being married to your business partner? Awesome. <laughs> I, I don't see any reasons to complain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes we need some respite because at work we are, we need to, we need to learn. We're still learning how to separate work from the personal right. life. And that's, I guess, the most difficult thing. And how to separate in general, just because ever since we moved, like we have friends, but it's it's still like a very limited. We don't have family where we came together. So all we have is us. And basically 99%, well, 98% of the time ever since we left our country, we spent together. There are like barely no time we're not together. Like really, almost no time it's it's very rare when we're not together and typically when we're not together something happens to me like i get lost yeah. <laughs> so it's better if you're together yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> have you made connections with older people here who are serve as like mentors to you or is it mostly people who are your peers yeah i, I do have some people that are if, if any kind of questions i mean yeah those people are over 55 60 years old okay uh and yeah if i need some advice um i feel like yeah I'll, they'll be more than happy to you have people to go questions. to mm-hmm. do you find that valuable yeah of course yeah awesome. yeah having having some having somebody to ask just that's that's and, and you and if you're 100 percent sure not 100 percent, if you're sure that you're gonna get the answer then why not yeah or at, at least al- alternative if yeah, you talk at something, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can get some advice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, you guys know I'm in business with my dad, and it's often that something will happen, and I can be very hot. Like I can be a very hot-headed person that can mm-hmm. respond very quickly, and it's so nice to have someone that's more measured and cooler that can talk through things with me. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine in building something and navigating all the challenges you guys have had it would be nice to just have somebody who's got a little bit of life underneath their belt that's true yeah yeah um what is on the horizon for the two of you because if i'm looking at a business to invest in i want to know that you're growing and you're forward thinking and the two of you have diversified what you're offering here which um i think i i think we laughed the very first time we met dimitri i was like oh so you're training your competition and you were like maybe and i was like oh what else do you have up your sleeve um, and so you have eyes to growth and you have eyes to, you know, new procedures, new types of procedures. What are things that you want to do? But remember at the very beginning, I said that there is not enough artists. Yeah, you did. At the moment. That's technically the, one of the reasons why we are training, are training yeah. people. And a lot of people are going to still get into the industry. So the goal is just to expand um, multiple locations across the states. More Mara Studios. More Mara Studios. Mara Studios, yeah, across the states. But and, and the thing is just because we have a huge uh, amount of people that just want to come here. But to this location? To this location. And they're still coming from New York, from California. Students are coming from California. Clients are flying in from California, from New York, from Miami. But 
Because the laws are different in each state, how does does that make it difficult for you? It's gonna make a little bit of difficulty. Like restrictive for, sure. for where you can go. Right. Okay. Yeah. But there are states that have freer laws where it's not. So many. Yeah. Okay. So many. So many. Yeah. So. Yes. So you want to expand? Yes, we can definitely expand. And for the services and for the products as well. Yeah. Products, training, everything. Like we're right now for the training, we are. I can almost confidently say that we're the one of the biggest permanent makeup training academies in the U.S. and especially training in fundamentals, which is the beginner's training. I don't think there is any other fundamentals training in the U.S. that teaches everything, like all the basics of permanent makeup mm -hmm. like this. Mm, so it has like no anal analogies, so like pretty much just only here and that's why it's in such a big demand so the goal is just to expand more training programs expand more in online as well mm -hmm. more online training expand well we have some bigger plans but it's not the plans we just i always dmitry has it more as a growth for the business that's for locations and also distributions for our products all over the world so it's easier for customers to get from any point of the world and for the studio we're also editing adding aesthetics right now so skincare it's going to be permanent makeup and skincare and all the studios academy will be only um, in the future trainers will be not well I'm will be not the only trainers so it will be more of the trainers in the academy more more pro artists and I always envision us creating the show the show yeah. oh okay. your reality show <laughs> your reality show. you told me about that the other day yeah I think we had we had some fun we're still having fun filming online we still have we we not only have in-person classes, we only we, we also have online courses. Okay. Basically those pre-recorded videos, so we'll, we spend like two, three days just recording those, and I think it's been a fun. Anna's acting, we have we have a <laughs> guy who's helping us, he's a videographer, and uh -huh. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm also seeing, just making sure everything is looking perfect. So wait, 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 this show, this is like a TLC show, like a show you'd Maybe watch on Netflix. cable. Net or Netflix. Okay, Netflix, that's more, that's more modern. TLC is pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix TV show. Anna and Dimitri, behind the scenes, the real story. Um, or TV competition, like, we haven't decided yet completely, but it's going to be a show. Maybe changing people's lives or... Or a show. Maybe business, business is a sport. Right? Business is absolutely a sport. sport. A sport is a competition. Yeah. I'm right now I'm still upset because I play soccer on Mondays and I came yesterday. We got semifinals and, and finals. We won the semifinals and we lost finals. And I used to play soccer for a long, long time, so I I love to win. You love to win. That does not surprise me. Yeah. At and, all. And yesterday I just mm -hmm. we just lost the final. And I was I'm still a, bit, a little bit upset. So maybe the show is going to be about the competition. Competition is huge. Competition is just, you know, it's, it's energy. It's, it's, it's like an excellent. That's, 
That's transcendent. I think that that goes across all countries, all nations. People understand competing. People understand. I mean, we're watching the Olympics right now. We're recording right. this August the third. Um, yeah, that's that would be very fun. Mm -hmm. What who what what's the what's the thing? Like who does the best brow flip? <laughs> could it be? Yeah, yeah. It's either the show, the like a competition where people will be. You know, there are tons of those shows. Like people are will be out of their comfort zone and just maybe it's, it's good to see how people act out of the comfort zone yeah. when they are like under huge stress or something. Yeah, I know. So that's that's our one long of the ideas. Plan. Yeah, long term plan and then just more. Just I I think for for me it's always been about the growth and for Dimitri as well and it's one of our main goals and I just it's never enough of it, you know. It's never endless, are, endless process. Yeah, there are always new horizons, and once you achieve one, you enjoy, and then you want something else. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm and I think we're making pretty good uh, TV show team. Dimitri would be the producer. He would be telling me what to do. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the plan. Just more growth for Mara. So Mara is recognized yeah just the name when you think of mario like ah those that are tattooing faces and yeah uh-huh um do you have any desire to like lean towards helping immigrants you see there's different different i would say types of immigrants hmm. some immigrants can come here because they are to unique scientists okay and they speak english they're also immigrants and technically I wouldn't say they need help because they already got a job offer. Got it, okay. Uh, but <laughs> I, would, I would help each single person from Belarus for sure right now. So you have you do in your heart like have a soft spot for getting that's people out of Belarus? It's very tough to see what's happening there, you know? Yeah. There was the, I, I'm not sure if you heard this story about the, so Belarus is on the Olympic Games as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was one girl, she she was supposed to participate in one discipline, and the one that she's always was trained for. And I think they, the Olympic, the Belarusian Olympic Committee said that you're not gonna participate in this one, you're gonna partic participate in a completely different one that it, she's not trained for. And she said, how, how, what am I gonna do? Because just because I don't, they're short and stuff, there's, there's just a mess happening there everywhere in all departments in Belarus, mm. especially in, I mean, even in the Olympic Games. And so she, she said, I, I don't think I can do that because I wasn't trained. So it, it's just like, just the thing you. Is she a gymnast swimmer? I don't know. You need to. Oh. I think she she's a runner. A I'm, runner. I'm, okay. I'm not sure. I need to double check. But okay. Just like so let's say. But you it's need like saying to a runner, go do hurdles. Like right. I, can, or, I can't or, do hurdles. Or maybe you you run. You're always training to run 100 meters, right? And you, here you need to 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 do like three kilometers or something. Whatever. I, I, totally I, different. Right. Yeah. Totally different type type of training. So the no, but the thing is that she they say just fly back to Belarus. Just you, you you leave you leave the team fly back to Belarus. Because she couldn't. She said she, I'm not yeah, gonna do it. Right. And so I think she asked for. I think she went to Poland. Mm. Yeah, because she. Well, I, I I'm not sure what exactly. I happened. think she said something towards the government. Yeah. More or so publicly. Mm-hmm. And they were like right away. She tried to send her away, and she's on the way to Poland to request the 
refugee, like asylum. Um, Once again, sort of that's, that's really close. I'm sure the main thing was is that they tried to they they basically they took her like under like the guards or something like that and the main thing was is that her family was there her husband and her son if i'm not mistaken and they ran from belarus that same hour to the ukraine they basically ran through the border border hmm. yeah i, I didn't be, know the story yeah, I yeah just because story, uh, they would be already in prison mm. Mm. for what she like she for what kinda, she said. yeah she kind of gave um gave them the resistance mm. said something bad publicly out loud for the whole world to hear it's just so crazy because here in the states even the president of okay. the united states has the instagram account and <laughs> i i went to, to his to, to joe biden instagram account uh-huh. one day and i was reading through the comments yeah. this I was reading through the, through the comments and it's just ridiculous what people say. It's just, you know, such a freedom. People and it doesn't matter. It's like you're not going to get. Well, let's hope that stays that way. Let's <laughs> hope we can continue to uh, criticize our government. Because that is truly, yeah, that is truly what makes America very different. Yeah. The ability to do that. Yeah, I interviewed a young woman from Cuba yesterday. And you see what's happening in Cuba right now. And it's just like, it's crazy. Same, similar thing. Um, okay, last, this is the last interview question. What would you have told yourselves that you know now when you first arrived? Is there anything that you know now that you've been here for a couple years that when you landed in the U.S., were there, is there any advice you would have given yourselves? Or here's another question. You choose which one you want to answer. Or when you arrived could you have ever imagined that this would be what you would have built not necessarily this business but something like this that's so successful yes i would say so yeah and for the first one what would i say to myself i nothing it's I keep going yeah first of all it's it's just impossible to say to, 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 to yourself when you're in the future but i mean yeah. in the past but <laughs> Second, second I, what, what with your stupid questions? This is a dumb question. No, 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 no. The thing <laughs> is just, I would just leave everything just like this. That's so I great. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. That's so great. That's good. Not everyone can say that. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that's amazing. Where can people find you? On Instagram. Google. Google. Instagram. Instagram. In person. In Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course. We have all the types of social media. Uh, Instagram, Mara Studio, mm-hmm. CLC, Anna Mara Studio, uh, Mara Academy, Mara Pro, everything you can find online, all the information, and of course, and all the website resources, marapainview.com, mm-hmm. marapro.us. We have tons of resources. We can mm-hmm. give you the list. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to include them all. Well, you two have been really generous to the to the people who are listening here um we had to record this twice because yours truly screwed it up the first time so so generous to do that again patience is the key patience is the key um you two have been great and i really appreciate you telling your story and um it gives me great you don't need me to be proud of you but i am extremely proud of you um to come here and do something that many Americans can't even do. And, and we're here and have all the privilege in the world that we can speak the language and we 
you know, you live here and um, we have family and you don't, and it's a network and you don't, and you built that. And you had a lot of faith in your dream, in your Mara, and um, it's really, it's really incredible. And you, sh you should serve, you are an inspiration to a lot of people who you encounter every day. It's really wonderful inspiration to me. Thank, Thank you for interviewing us. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank you so it's much for having experience. us yeah. and for serving other people and sharing the story. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation and want to hear more, don't forget to click subscribe. If you'd like to help spread the word, leave me a solid review and tell your friends to subscribe too. On Pursuing is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah.